Hello, welcome to Ancient Gods and Demons, a podcast which explores a variety of ancient deities and demons that are part of a variety of cultures around the world. During the next few episodes, we will shift and investigate the Egyptian gods mentioned in Legends of the Gods, heard by Ernest Alfred Wallace Budge in the early 20th century. This episode will cover the legend of the destruction of mankind. So sit back and relax as we travel to ancient Egypt, down the Nile, and visit long lost gods and goddesses. Hello, and welcome back to Ancient Gods and Demons. Today we'll be discussing the fall of mankind from Legends of the Gods. So let us begin. The legend takes us back to the time when the gods of Egypt went about in the country and mingled with men and were thoroughly acquainted with their desires and needs. The king who reigned over Egypt was Ra, the sun god, who was not, however, the first of the dynasty of gods, who ruled the land. His predecessor on the throne was Hephaestus, who, according to plan and legend, reigned 9,000 years, while Ra reigned only 992 years. Pandorus makes his reign to have lasted less than 100 years. Be this as it may, it seems that the self-created and self-begotten god Ra had been ruling over mankind for a very long time for his subjects were murmuring against him and were complaining that he was old, that his bones were like silver, his body like gold, and his hair like lapis lazuli. When Ra heard these murmurings, he ordered his bodyguard to summon all the gods who had been with him in the primeval world ocean and to bid them privately to assemble in the great house, which can be no other than the famous temple of Halipalus. This statement is interesting for it proves that the legend of Ra's origin, like the cult of Ra itself, and that it does not belong, at least in so far as it applies to Ra in the pre-dynastic period. However, when Ra entered the great temple, the gods made <clears throat> obedience to him and took up their positions on each side of him and informed him that they awaited his words. Addressing new, the personification of the world ocean, Ra bade them to take notice of the fact that men and women whom his eyes had created were murmuring against him. He then asked them to consider the matter and to devise a plan of action for him. For he was unwilling to slay the rebels without hearing what his gods would have to say. In reply, the gods advised Ra to send forth his eye to destroy the blasphemers. There was no eye on earth that could resist it, especially when it took the form of the goddess Hathor. Ra accepted their advice and sent forth his eye in the form of Hathor to destroy them all. And though the rebels had fled to the mountains in fear, the eye pursued them and overtook them and destroyed them. 
Hapha rejoiced in her work of destruction, and on her return was praised by Ra for what she had done. The Swara of the men began at Sutun Hanan, and during the night Hapha waded about in the blood of men. Ra asserted his intention of being master of the rebels, and this is probably referred to in the Book of the Dead, in which it is said that Ra rose as king for the first time in Sutan Hanan. Osiris also was crowned at Sutan Hanan, and in this city lived the great Bunu bird or Phoenix, and the Crusher of Bones, mentioned in the Negative Confession. The legend now goes on to describe an act of Ra, the significance of which is difficult to explain. The god ordered messengers to be brought to him, and when they arrived, he commanded them to run like the wind to Abu, or the city of elephants, and to bring him large quantities of the fruit called tatat. What kind of fruit this was is not clear, but some say it was called love apples or mandrakes. The mandrakes, we'll call them, were given to Sakti, a goddess, to crush and grind up. When this was done, they were mixed with human blood and put in a large brewing of beer, which the women slaves had made from wheat. Welcome back. In all, they made 7,000 vessels of beer. When Ra saw the beer, he approved of it and ordered it to be carried up the river to where the goddess Hathor was still. It seems engaged in slaughtering men at the time. During the night, he caused this beer to be poured out into the meadows of the four heavens. And when Hathor came, she saw the beer with human blood and the mandrakes in it and drank it and became drunk and paid no further attention to the men and the women. In welcoming the goddess Ra, called her Amet, the beautiful one. And from this time onward, beautiful women were found in the city of Amet, which was situated in the Western Delta. Ra also ordered that in the future, at every one of his festivals, vessels of sleep producing beer should be made, and that this number should be the name, same as the number of the handmaidens of Ra, those who took part in the festivals of Hathor and Ra drank beer in very, very large quantities. And under the influence of the beautiful women, the priestesses were supposed to resemble Hathor in the physical attractions. The festival celebrations degenerated to drunken and lechinous orgies. Soon after this, Ra complained that he was smitten with pain and that he was wearing and weary of the children of men. He thought them a worthless remnant and wished that more of them had been slain. The gods about him begged him to endure, remind him that his power was in proportion to his will. Ra was, however, unconsoled, and he complained that his limbs were weak and for the first time in his life. Thereupon, the god Nu told Shu to help Ra in order not to take the great god Ra on her back. Nut changed herself into a cow, and with the help of Shu-Ra, got on her back. As soon as men saw that Ra was on the back of the cow of heaven, and was about to leave them, 
they became filled with fear and repentance and cried out to Ra to remain with them and to slay all those who have blasphemed against him. But the cow moved on her way and carried Ra to Hetatet, a town of the gnome of Marocius, where in later days the right leg of Osiris was said to be preserved. Meanwhile, darkness covered the land. When day broke, the men had repented of their blasphemies, appeared with their bows and slew the enemies of Ra. At this result, Ra was pleased, and he forgave those who had repented because of their righteous slaughter of their enemies. From this time onward, human sacrifice was offered at the festivals of Ra, celebrated in this place, and in other parts of Egypt as well. After these things, Ra declared to Nut that he intended to leave this world and to ascend into heaven, and that all those who would see his face must follow him thither. Then he went up into the heaven and prepared a place to which all might come. Then he said, let a great field be produced and straightway, while the field of peace came into being. He next said, let there be reeds and straightway, sakal aru, while the field of reeds came into being. This is also referred to as the Elysian fields of the Egyptians and the fields of reeds was a well-known section of it. Another command of the good god Ra resulted in the creation of stars, which the legend compares to flowers. Then the goddess Nut trembled in all her body, and Ra, fearing that she might fall, caused to come into being the four pillars on which the heavens are supported. Turning to Shu, Ra entreated him to protect these supports and to place himself under Nut and to hold her up in positions with his hands. Thus Shu became the new sun god in the place of Ra. And the heavens in which Ra lived were supported and placed beyond the risk of falling. And mankind would live and rejoice in the light of the new sun. made a heaven for himself and had arranged for the continuance of life on the earth and the welfare of human beings, he remembered at one time when reigning on earth, he had been bitten by a serpent and nearly lost his life through the bite. Fearing that the same calamity might befall his successor, he determined to take steps to destroy the power of all noxious reptiles that dwelt on the earth. With this object in view, he told Thoth to summon Kib, the earth god, to his presence, and thus God having arrived, Ra told him that war must be made against the serpents that dwelt in his dominions. He further commanded him to go to the god Nu and to tell him to set watch over all reptiles that were in the earth and in the water, and to draw up a writing for every place in which serpents are known to be, containing strict orders that they were known to fight no one. Though these serpents knew that Ra was retiring from the earth, they were never to forget that his rays would fall upon them. In his place, their father Keb was to keep watch over them, and he was a father forever. As further protection against them, Ra promised to impart to magicians and snake charmers the particular word of power, Hikkal, with which he guarded himself against the attacks of serpents, and also to transmit it to his son, Osiris. 
Thus, those who are ready to listen to the formulae of the snake charmers shall always be immune from the bites of serpents and their children also. From this, we may gather that the profession of the snake charmer is very ancient and that this class of magicians were supposed to owe the foundation of their craft to the decree of Ra himself. Ra next sent for Thoth, and when he came into the presence of Ra, he invited him to go with him to the distance, to the place called Hell of the Other World, in which region he had determined to make his light to shine. When they arrived there, he told Thoth, the scribe of truth, to write down on his tablets the names of all those who were within, and punished those among them who had sinned against him. And he deputed to Thoth the power to deal absolutely as he pleased with all beings. Ra loathed the wicked and wished them to be kept at a distance from him. Thoth was to be the vicar, to fill his place. The place of Ra was to be his name. He gave him power to send out a messenger. So the Ibis came into being. All that Thoth would be would be good. Therefore, the technic bird of Thoth came into being. He gave Thoth power to embrace the heavens. Therefore, the moon god came into being. He gave Thoth the power to turn back the northern peoples. Therefore, the dog-headed ape of Thoth came into being. Finally, Ra told Thoth that he would take his place in the sight of all those who weren't able to worship Ra and that all should praise him as God. Thus, the abdication of Ra was complete. Thank you for joining us in Ancient Gods and Demons. This was an excerpt from the Legends of the Gods by Ernest Alfred Wallace Budge, part one. We will continue next week with the Legend of Ra and Isis. Enjoy your day. My name is Brian. I'm from the podcast Ancient Gods and Demons. Please help support this podcast by clicking on the listener support button, making a donation of 99 cents, $4.99, or anything you could spare. Anything you can donate can help us research and provide better episodes, better audio, and better information so we all can understand Ancient Gods and Demons a little bit better. Thank you.